The short track swing is in full effect as we just completed the race weekend at Richmond International Raceway. We're going to be looking at how the next-gen car performed at the track as well as how pit strategy became King Sunday. We'll also be looking at Saturday's Xfinity race and the drama field ending between teammates at Joe Gibbs Racing. We cover that and more on this episode of 3 Wide. So one of the big things coming into this weekend was if the next-gen car would change any of how the racing is done at Richmond Raceway, as we've seen at other tracks so far this season. Before we could get to that on Sunday, we had the Xfinity race on Saturday, and it was, you know, your typical Richmond race. Not a whole lot of cautions, uh, some pretty long green flag run stretches. You had John Hunter Nemechek and Ty Gibbs on the front row, and really the whole race would kind of center around them. They were the dominant two cars of the race. You did have Ryan Priest, who started in sixth place for BJ McLeod Motorsports. Uh, my pick for the race was John Hunter, but I definitely was going to keep an eye on Priest. He's a, a good driver, can make the most out of whatever equipment he is in. So I thought he could definitely be a dark horse in that BJ McLeod Motorsports car. Uh, it was a quiet stage one. Everything kind of stayed green. You had John Hunter Nemechek take control of the race and win the stage with Noah Gregson second, Josh Berry third, A.J. Allmendinger was in fourth, followed by Ty Gibbs in fifth, Ryan Sieg sixth, Parker Retzlaff making his second start of the season for Ryan Sieg's team. He finished in eighth, seventh, I'm sorry. Brandon Jones was in eighth, followed by Austin Hill in ninth, and Sam Mayer in tenth. Uh, for Noah Gregson, though, this was pretty much the, the high point of his race. It went downhill from here. For him, he had trouble. He had uh, blew a brake rotor in the start of Stage 2. Uh, he put up on his Twitter page that a brake line had actually gotten cut on lap 30, and he was still able to finish a solid second in Stage 1. So he had a, a bit of a rough go of it. He wound up finishing in 21st place. So for all that's said and done with the broke, you know, cut brake line, brake rotor broken, so that had to be replaced. They were still able to salvage a pretty decent finish for that team. Stage two, it was pretty much the same outside of that. Uh, you had this time Ty Gibbs taking the stage win with John Hunter Nemechek second, Josh Berry in third, followed by Ryan Segan fourth, AJ Allmendinger in fifth, and you had Anthony Alfredo in sixth, followed by Sam Mayer in seventh, Justin Allgaier finished in eighth. Riley Herbst in ninth, and Parker Retzlaff was able to finish in tenth. At this point, and pretty much for the rest of the race, it was you know all between Ty Gibbs and John Hunter Nemechek. You did have Josh Berry get up there and re lead for a little bit. He was probably you know your third best car on the track, but at the end of the day, those two drivers, Ty Gibbs and John Hunter, they were just you know miles ahead of the the rest of the pack. And by the time the the late race battle was going on between Gibbs and John Hunter. They had positioned themselves so far ahead of the rest of the pack. They were six seconds ahead of third that, I mean, they they were able to just take control and could do whatever they can and settle it amongst themselves. Uh, it was a hard battle there towards the end. You had John Hunter get ahead of Ty Gibbs with about three laps to go. He had been working on Gibbs, was able to make a relatively clean pass. I didn't see any contact made as far as the race broadcast showed, there was some tight racing, but nothing didn't look like any contact uh, that John Hunter was making with Ty. And that would play a big factor in the final two laps as you had Ty Gibbs, you know, immediately bumping John Hunter coming out of turn two when 
John Hunter had taken the lead. He slid into him coming out of turn four as they were coming to the white flag. And it was really kind of repetitive on the last lap. Uh, Ty going into turn three after bumping him in turn two. He sails it wide, winds up hitting John Hunter Imachek in the driver's side door and running him wide up the track. And Ty Gibbs would ultimately come away with the win. John Hunter, he was not happy about that move from his teammate who he felt he had passed clean. There was no need to go to that point. But Ty Gibbs ultimately made the moves that he did. John Hunter winds up pushing Ty Gibbs once they get past the start finish line into turn one and runs him up the track, showing his displeasure. Uh, Ty, during his celebration, said he, he kept constantly saying he deserves one back. He deserves one back. Uh, said that they were racing for the win, which are hard to come by. But, and he's going to do whatever he can to get the win for his team. So, I mean, can't fault him for that type of thinking. As far as, you know, wins being hard to come by, this is his seventh win in 25 starts. So, wins haven't been too hard for Ty Gibbs to, to get a hold of. He's in one of the top cars in the series. Uh, and he's if he isn't winning races, he's at least up there, can, you know, top threes, top fives, getting solid finishes. John Hunter said it will all be settled, you know, at the team meeting Monday. He, his main thing was how Ty did not try to make the corner on the last lap going into turn three and four. He just felt like he was drove through. And honestly, watching it, I feel the same way. I'm sure John Hunter was upset because he had worked on him for a few laps, didn't really make any contact, didn't knock him out of the way, passed him clean. And it seems like as soon as John Hunter was clear of Ty, Ty immediately started going on the back bumper, you know, beating and banging, trying to knock him out of the racing groove. And, you know, this is Ty's reputation. This is what he has built up. He is an aggressive driver. He isn't afraid to use the bumper and beat and bang and ruffle some feathers. And that's all good and fine. But Ty's going to have to be able to take it as well as he can give it. Ty has yet, as far as in the, the National Series and the Xfinity Series, to run into that where you know, he passes a guy clean and the guy takes advantage of him and knocks him up the track or spins him out. So, and that, that day is coming. When you keep racing like this, eventually it's going to come back around to you. Whether it's in the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series, there, there's going to come a day where Ty's going to be, you know, just right there at a win and get it taken away from him, whether it's by being knocked out of the way or pushed up the track. And Ty's going to have to, to deal with it. He's going to have to take his medicine um, it, it's going to show a lot about his character, how he reacts to when something like that happens. And it very well could happen this season in the Xfinity Series. He's definitely roughed up his fair share of drivers, one being, you know, of course, John Hunter Nemechek, Ryan Sieg. And John Hunter's one he probably isn't going to be you know, afraid to, if he gets the opportunity to take one back, he will take it. And Ty's going to have to deal with it. Ty's going to have to say, you know what, I, after what happened at Richmond, I said I had one coming and he got one back. So, and what was interesting, after the race, Bob Pockrass asked John Hunter Nemechek, you know, what the difference was between this incident with a teammate compared to the truck race a few weeks ago when John Hunter seemed, you know, seemed to be putting his teammate on the short end of the stick, Chandler Smith, and John Hunter said no comment. So that probably wasn't the, the best answer John Hunter could say in that moment, you know, I understand tensions are high, you're upset, you, you had a race one and you take it, got it taken from you, you probably wasn't expecting that question, but it definitely was not a, a good look on John Hunter to just simply say no comment. I would have 
probably come up with an answer, you know, in some way explain how it was a different situation with what happened. But alas, John Hunter's focused on what happened with Ty Gibbs, not on what happened a few weeks ago at Atlanta. Um, so that was the the big drama there at the end. We had, you know, a bump and run, push up the track. I don't want to call it a dump and run. It, it wasn't anything like that. And you had a tie, uh, Joe Gibbs one two with Ty getting the win. John Hunter Nemechek second. Sam Mayer he was able to finish in third place. His best career finish in the Xfinity Series. AJ Allmendinger in fourth. Riley Herbst fifth. Daniel Hemrick in sixth. Followed by Josh Berry in seventh. Brandon Brown was able to get a top ten in eighth. Ryan Sieg finished in ninth, followed by Parker Retzloff, who ended his solid day with his first career top 10 finish. And, you know, that's that's good for him. He had his other start at, at Phoenix where he started in the top 10 and due to some issues beyond his control, wasn't able to finish the race. So, you know, it's good to see him get a solid top 10 finish out of it. It's going to be interesting to see where the season goes from here for Ty Gibbs. He's definitely shown he is going to be the championship favorite. He's going to be someone to contend with. I think it's going to, you know, him and Noah Gregson have kind of separated themselves as top two contenders. And it'd be interesting if it came down to those two because neither one of them are afraid to use the bumper and kind of put it all on the line. But if Ty keeps this up, he's definitely going to have to watch himself when it comes to the playoffs. You you don't want more enemies than you do friends. You don't want to keep making people mad because they will. Racers don't forget, as it was said over this weekend, and Ty, it, it very well may come back to bite him when it counts the most. And now we have the Cup Series on Sunday afternoon. Normally this race used to be run on Saturday nights, but NASCAR has swapped around the schedule to where now it's run on Sunday afternoons, and I feel like that's better for this track. It just seems to be better in, in an afternoon race. It really doesn't you know, make too big a difference, it seems like, between the night and the daytime at this time of the year. But you had Ryan Blaney and William Byron on the front row for the first next-gen race at Richmond International Raceway. The big question of the day was, could Toyota finally break through and have a big day after their struggles they've had this season? Richmond being their best track, this is definitely was going to be their best opportunity to make the most of it and try to pick back up some momentum and some points that they have lost throughout the beginning of the year. Like the Xfinity race, it was a quiet stage one. It, you know, it was, it, today was your typical Richmond race where you, you didn't get a lot of cautions. We actually had more multi-car incidents than we've had in a while at Richmond International Raceway. But that didn't come till later in the race. Stage one ended clean with Ryan Blaney taking the stage win from the pole. William Byron was able to finish in second, followed by Ross Chastain in third. Martin Truex Jr. in fourth. And you had Kyle Busch in fifth. Chase Elliott finished sixth, followed by Christopher Bell in seventh, Joey Logano in eighth, Brad Keselowski in ninth, and Kevin Harvick in tenth. So Blaney was definitely the dominant car early on. He led the first 128 laps of the race. Um, but you saw, you could see in stage one, the way that top 10 broke down, you had a few Joe Gibbs racing Toyotas up there, which was no surprise at this track, especially for someone like Martin Truex Jr., who's definitely come to life in recent years at short tracks with wins at the, at Richmond and Martinsville. And after the first 128 laps, Blaney kind of faded back and it was Joe Gibbs racing domination at that point. You had Christopher Bell able to take the lead for a while. He would swap it back and forth with Martin Truex Jr. 
Ultimately, Truex would come away with the win in stage two, and Christopher Bell got second. You had Ross Chastain finish in third, followed by Joey Logano in fourth. Ryan Blaney was able to finish in fifth, followed by Chase Elliott in sixth. Kevin Harvick came away with seventh, and you had Kyle Busch in eighth. Kyle Larson able to get a ninth-place finish in this stage, and Brad Keselowski rounded out the top ten. So at this point in the race, you know, it it had been relatively clean, not a whole lot of cautions besides the stage breaks and I believe a debris caution. Um, and, And due to that, pit strategy really came into play. It had been a while, it felt like, since we had a good pit strategy kind of race where, where you had drive, long green flag runs, teams and drivers were making different calls, different ways to try and get them to the finish and put them in the best position to get to the win. Uh, around 35 laps to go in the race, it was uh, William Byron leading and Martin Trex Jr. in second. At this point, Truex was gaining ground on William Byron. He had pitted you know, 13 laps later than Byron, so he had a little bit of fresher tires than than Byron. However, you had Denny Hamlick and Harvick, who was running sixth and seventh at the time. They had 30 lap fresher tires and than, than anyone in front of them. So 35 laps to go. Hamlin and Harvick, they had the quickest cars, the freshest tires. It was just going to be a matter of did, would they have enough time to get to them. They were 15 seconds back from the leaders with 26 laps to go. And in four laps, they were able to make up three seconds. So these guys were really cutting through the field, cutting through lap traffic, making amazing time. And it seemed like the closer they got to the leaders, the faster they were getting, the quicker they were able to log off times. You had a battle between Martin Truex Jr. and William Byron. You were thinking that was going to be the race for the win. However, at this point, Hamlin and Harvick were able to fly up there, fly through the positions in front of them, and pass both of them with four laps to go. And I thought we were going to get a pretty interesting race to the finish there for a second. You know, strategy had, you know, taken advantage of everything with Denny Hamlin taking the lead, but it looked like we might see, you know, kind of like Saturday, a little bumping out of the way for the win as you had Kevin Harvick catching up to Denny with Denny hitting lap traffic. And, you know, it's been a while since Harvick's won a race. He went winless last season. And a hungry Harvick is a dangerous Harvick. He is, you know, he has no problem with knocking him out of the way, as he even said in his post-race interview. He was hoping to get a chance to take a swap at Denny. Ultimately, he wasn't able to. And Denny's able to get his first win of the season, as I said, with Kevin Harvick second. William Byron and Martin Truex Jr. were able to hold on for third and fourth. Kyle Larson gets a fifth-place finish, followed by Christopher Bell in sixth. Ryan Blaney finished in seventh. You had Alex Bowman in eighth, followed by Kyle Busch in ninth, and Austin Dillon was able to get a 10th place finish. So ultimately, good old pit strategy wins the day, and with no surprise with that is the veterans were able to take the top two spots. It was apparently very confusing how the late race pit strategy was working out. TV didn't seem to cover it real well. Even Truex's crew chief, James Small, he was confused by the way the pit strategy worked out. He had no clue about Hamlin or Harvick or how they got to the point they did. But ultimately, Hamlin's able to take advantage of it, get a win at his home track, lock himself in the playoffs after having a terrible start to the season. He hadn't even had a, a top five or a top ten up to this point. So n- now the question is, 
can they keep this up? It was a solid day for Hamlin, solid day for Joe Gibbs Racing. 23-11 racing with Kurt Busch and Bubba. They had a, a pretty rough day. Kurt, he got knocked out of the running pretty early with some issues with his car. And Bubba, I'm not sure what the struggles with were him, but he just was a non-factor all day. The question is, have they turned the corner? Or is this just a solid day at their best track and was able to make the most of it? Honestly, we won't really know that answer until after this week's race at Martinsville. Martinsville is another track that Joe Gibbs Racing has a good hold of, especially Martin Truex Jr. So once we get out of Martinsville and we start getting into the Bristol Dirt Race, the Darlington and Dover, we'll see truly where Toyota is. If they have been able to get some momentum back their way, found some speed and able to compete strongly, or was was this just kind of a, a hot streak at their favorite track? Uh, Kyle Larson able to come away with a fifth place finish after a three race skid where he finished in 34th, 30th, and 29th. So he was able to rebound from that and get a solid top five finish. So, and it's definitely been a quieter season for Larson as compared to last year. Uh, it did take him a little bit longer to get a second win last season. And obviously, as that win at uh, earlier this year at Auto Club, where he was able to, to finish out a strong day there. But so it's just, it's going to be interesting to see. I'd like to, you know, come Coca-Cola 600 time, see if he's being able to regain some of his momentum like he did last year and able to make another strong push for a championship. But either way, this was a much needed fifth place finish for him and his team. And with Richmond, and I put some notes down here, to me, this is a track that really needs to go to one race a season. I don't think it is worthy of of having two races. It's just not a, to me a good enough quality race to have to go there twice. Um, you know, you do did have some good pit strategy. It was a decent race. Was it a great race? No, not by any means. To me, it was refreshing to see you know a good old pit strategy race there at the end. But I just don't think this track is necessary to go there twice in a year. Kind of like I don't think Kansas or Phoenix, they should be going there twice. Give the Take the opportunity to take some of these races away and either give the drivers an extra off time or try and hit new tracks, hit different tracks. You're wanting to, you know, bring back Nashville Fairgrounds. Something's going to have to get cut, you know. So I think Richmond is definitely one that needs to go. And like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing Phoenix lose a race but right now the 2023 schedule will probably be out normally they let it out around late april early may so it'll be interesting i know ben kennedy was really been harping on doing a complete revamp of the schedule starting next season so it's going to be interesting we can start kind of talking about what that schedule will look like what new tracks are we going to what kind of shuffle is there going to be um so, and as I was saying about this race, it may not have been exciting as like most of the season as far as last lap drama and beating and banging, but it, it's not to take away from it. It was still a solid race with the pit strategy compared to re- previous races, you know, minus last year's spring race where Bowman was able to sneak through and get a win. Richmond normally is not known for their exciting beating and banging finishes like Bristol or Martinsville. So I I would still give it a pretty solid race day. (laughs) 
So now we move on to my favorite part of the show where we point out our spotlight performers, drivers who may not have been able to get the win and go home with the trophy, but they still had a solid day. They were able to make the most of what equipment they had and get a solid finish and get some spotlight on them. For me in the Xfinity Series, it has to be Parker Ratzlov, who started and finished in the 10th position. This was his second start for Ryan Sieg's racing team. He was able to start sixth at Phoenix, as I said earlier, but he had fuel pump issues, wasn't able to make it to the checkered flag that day. However, today he was able to get it done, get a solid finish, uh, just a, a top 10 in his second career Xfinity start. And it wasn't a fluke top 10 finish either for him. He had ran in the top 10 and top 15 all day at Richmond. And if he keeps, you know, making the most of these starts that he gets with Ryan Sieg's team, you know, getting solid top 10s, top 15s, I don't see why it shouldn't get to a point where he has a good opportunity to race in the Xfinity Series full-time, maybe even for Ryan Sieg's racing team. I think that would be a good fit for him and could definitely start building up his stock, maybe get some eyes on him. He's a young kid like Ty Gibbs, so he may not have as much hype around him, but he definitely – is got to be turning some heads with the finishes and the runs he's getting in this team. So who knows what the future holds for him. Hopefully he gets a solid chance and look forward to seeing how his career progresses. Uh, for me in the Cup Series, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson, uh, who was able to bounce back, as I said earlier, his three-race skid. It was, it's been a rough stretch for him, getting caught up in things that may not have necessarily been his doing, but still not good finishes with a 34th, 30th, 29th place finish. He needed a good, solid run today, and he did get it at Richmond, able to get a fifth-place finish. And it was overall a real quiet day for him. He did get some stage points in stage one, was able to finish ninth there, and you know was just able to get a solid top five finish. It may not have been a flashy race for him by his means, especially with the season he had last year, but it's a step in the right direction and try to reclaim some of that momentum that he's had in you know recent months. It seems like he's been kind of the dominant guy for you know quite a while here in NASCAR, able to stay on top. So it'll be interesting to see how he can bounce back and go forward here with Martinsville coming up. And speaking of Martinsville, we have a triple header again this weekend. We have races on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Uh, Thursday night truck race. It'll be the first spring race at Martinsville since 2019 where Kyle Busch won. Now, last year's fall winner was Zane Smith when he was driving for a GMS in their Chevrolet, and it locked him into the championship four for the truck series. Can he repeat and get another Martinsville clock? We shall see. He has definitely been strong this year in his front row motorsports truck, um, but Kyle Busch has also entered in this race again, and anytime Kyle gets in one of these trucks, he's going to be the overwhelming favorite, so, you know, can anyone step up and take the clock from him? Will it be Zane or Chandler Smith or John Hunter Nemechek? Can he get continue his bounce back from his rough start to the season? We will find out very soon here in just a few days. In the Xfinity Series, last year, Josh Berry got the win in one of his part-time starts for Junior Motorsports, and this really seemed to set off his rise into the Xfinity Series into what's now a full-time spot. J Junior Motorsports, they were able to win both races last year at Martinsville with Noah Gregson winning in the fall. So that'll be a team to watch. You know, we know Josh Berry is a great short track driver. Noah Gregson with the hot start he's had this year, he'll be in another contender. Sam Mayer, his one truck win he got a couple of years ago was at Bristol. So, you know, can that translate over to the Xfinity Series? We'll see. And, of course, there's always the veteran Justin Allgaier. So it's a solid lineup 
for Junior Motorsports. And, and oh, by the way, Dale Jr. is also starting in this weekend's race. So Jr., who's won in the Cup Series in the, at Martinsville, you know, he's always made these one-off starts here ever since he retired and gets solid runs out of it. You know, it, I, I'm just hoping he can get a race where he kind of gets over that hump, gets that one last win, you know, to, for the fans and for himself. Um, he definitely seems like he still does have it as far as he can be competitive on a part-time basis. So best of luck to him Saturday or Friday night, excuse me. Saturday night is when the Cup Series races. And the defending race winner from that is Martin Truex Jr. And he has actually won three of the last five races at Martinsville. Um, I think he is definitely going to be the overwhelming favorite coming into this race. And if not, you always got to look out for Denny Hamlin, who came close to winning last year's fall race before being knocked out of the way by Alex Bowman. And we all remember the post-race drama that happened between those two drivers. So I'm excited. This is a race I've been looking forward to all season long, ever since the LA Coliseum, just cause these cars seem to be so tough. You can really beat and bang with it, not worry too much about cutting the tires. So I know these cars are going to get pushed to their limits with all the, the bumping and the door slamming going on. So it, it should be a fun race Saturday night. This is the first of three Saturday night races in the Cup Series this season. It's down from five in 2021, which I hate to see just because I, I love Saturday night races. It just seems to be, you know, a always fan favorite weekends, whether it's a short track like Martinsville, Richmond, or Bristol, or at a super speedway like Daytona. I love Saturday night races. So, you know, it's a lot of storylines coming into this weekend. It's going to be interesting to see if Toyota can keep up their momentum in the Cup Series and also if uh, Junior Motorsports can keep up theirs in the Xfinity Series. And that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Three Wide. Thank you again for taking the time to listen and be sure to subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor. And you can also give me a follow on my Twitter page at Three Wide Three. And I hope y'all enjoy three nights of beating and banging short track temper night racing at Martinsville. <laughs>